0: You have to pick four words to choose to describe yourself from a certain list. And she was asking Ashley and I to describe her as such. And then we also started playing like see. it for ourselves. And like Ashley's words for describing me were like sweet, caring, and they were just a bunch of like dumb dumb words. Like there was nothing like cool or, or like edgy about me. It was just a bunch of like
1: Hufflepuff fluff and shit. And that made me upset. I mean, describing yourself as a Hufflepuff usually leads it to be that, you know. Well, I can't
0: help or... that's my house, Dane.
1: <laughs> then what's, you can't. You can't. What's your house? You okay, Dan? You seem I like know, a worry about what house house I'm in. Well, there's a like, test for it. All right, yeah.
0: Take that while we're doing this. Uh, Zach's definitely a Slytherin.
2: No, I'm not. What are you? I'm a Ravenclaw, I think.
1: You seem like a Slytherin. I might be a Hufflepuff too, to be honest.
0: Dane's probably a Hufflepuff. Chris is Slytherin or Gryffindor, but either one, it's a strong personality.
3: Mm-hmm. What was that?
0: Oh, never mind.
3: All right, I'm, I'm filling out the basketball portal thing. I got two new names and switching it up a bit. Oh, probably. I'm definitely Slytherin, my for the record. Damn. I knew it. I'm Slytherin like the father before me and my son after me. Damn.
0: You might be Voldemort. <laughs>
3: <Kind
2: of old. laughs> Are you a boy?
0: Remember the time I asked Kenny what house he was in? It was actually a good answer and someone got mad at it. We always have like a singular user gets mad anytime we do something a little different. Remember the time we had someone actually cancel? Someone canceled their membership because I was calling Jordan Travis J-Trav. <laughs> <laughs> Which looks really stupid like three years later, now that there's a J-Trav. Or high they're state.
2: calling him J-Trav now. <laughs> All right, can we start this pod? Dane said he only has 30
0: minutes. Mm, okay, let's get going. Welcome to On The Bench. I am your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone, joined by Chris Nee, Zach Blostein, and the one, the only... Dirty,
1: Dane Draper. Hi, Dane. Hi. I like that I got my own special introduction. I'm a little hurt by that, in fact.
0: <laughs> You're always here. It's not special. We got Dane here. Dane had to figure out how to use the computer correctly. He only has 30 minutes to get out of here. He's a student now. This is something to celebrate. You're always here, Chris. You're technically paid to be here. So, All right.
3: If Dane only has 30 minutes, let's roll.
0: Okay. Let's get going. This episode I'm of On with the, the Show. Pitch- is brought to you by Chattanooga Whiskey. want to thank the fine folks at Chattanooga Whiskey for giving us some, some bottles the other week. Uh, they've been quite lovely. I've enjoyed their rye. Uh, it's exquisite, and I'm usually not a huge rye fan. They are doing bourbon, rye, general whiskey, experimentation batches at an extremely high level. So uh, give a shout-out to the people at Chattanooga Whiskey. Their 111 cast strength bourbon is one of the best values in the game. You can go ahead and find that pretty much anywhere at this point regionally in the Southeast. Uh, Local liquor stores are going to have it. No Market Square Liquor in Tallahassee still has some single barrels. Uh, You should go there uh, and get some extra, like, unique juice. Uh, Sealbacks has stuff as well. Thanks to Sealbacks for sending me a bottle as well yesterday because I shouted them out on the last podcast. Uh, The agreement that we now have unofficially is every time I say Sealbacks, I get another bottle. So that's been twice in the last two seconds. Uh, Sealbacks, three bottles now. Uh, so yeah, Chattanooga Whiskey, want to give them a shout out. Also a shout out to the Turner Group, which we will do some buyers to Know a little bit later. Let's get going on the pod, fellas. Uh, transaction season is here. Spring football is done. We discussed the spring game or showcase the other day. I want to talk about now like what the roster looks like as we go into the long summer. The transfer portal window is open for another week or so here in the spring. And FSU has had several departures. Chris, let's get going with that. The departures so far have been linebacker Brendan Gant, Derek McClendon technically entered before, Zane Hearing, offensive lineman, defensive tackle Antavious Woody, linebacker Steven Dix Jr. Is there anyone else I'm missing? Uh, I think that's everyone. I didn't have the list. I meant to pull up the list beforehand, but here we are. That sounds right. It does sound right. Thanks, Zach. And puts the number around 85. So we're- oh, we're going to get into the numbers. Calm down. We'll get to the numbers. Slow your roll. <laughs> Calm down. Of those players to leave, uh, none super surprising. We either had pre-rights done for them, or we're supposed to have pre-rights done for them, and I may have dropped the ball on that. Uh, would you Would you agree, though, Chris? I think Brendan Gantt is the one that probably hurts the most yeah. of a potential too deep guy or a guy who had a con- you know, potential contribution for twenty twenty three that you might miss a little bit. Did
3: you mention Tay Woody? I did. Okay, I wasn't sure. Sorry, I was only half paying attention to you like normal. Uh, Yeah, no, I agree that Gant is the one. He's a two-deep, capable guy who is definitely a very good special teams contributor. Out of that group, not including Derek McClendon because his departure was in late March. Yes, he is the one that is the most significant. It, It alters what you have there. You have a very solid top three at that position. You pushed Omar Graham up. That's your number four. But after that, you're going to be relying upon three freshmen after that. you got DeMarco Ward, who's here for the spring, Blake Nicholson, and Dylan Brown-Turner, who will arrive here at the end of May. So that position group is a little bit thin. But again, FSU only uses two at a time. You feel really good about your top three. You've pushed the guy into the fourth spot there. You probably feel okay with what you have at the position. But Gantt is a guy who I would say was definitely still ahead of Omar at this point in their respective careers.
0: I think with Gantt, he might be more – like the way to view it is he was probably ahead of Omar Graham. As I think FSU wanted to, to evolve this season, he would have been ahead of Omar Graham like when they went to a, a three-linebacker set because he has some like blitzing capabilities, the ability to cover in space a little bit. Uh, but I think Omar would have been ahead of him if they were just going with their two-linebacker set. Dan, you're, you're nodding your head. Is that you agreeing with me?
1: Yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, I think Gant losing him is, is biggest because he has like a defined role or a uh... – of the departures, he's the guy with the with the most defined role, and he also had a really strong spring. So that's and, tough, and the special teams guy as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's but, what I was
2: going to say. I think exactly I think the saying. most value for him is is on special teams. I mean, he he made some some game changing plays last season on special teams, um, most notably I think against LSU. But yeah, he's a guy that was just you know wasn't in a in a super great role last season and and still provided value to the team on, on special teams, which is obviously something that Mike Norvell um, loves. Um, But what do you think about his departure? Brendan, do you think this was solely a football decision?
0: Um, so, Before I get to that, I do think like the note on special teams is interesting and I I will get to his departure as I try to marinate that thought in the back of my head and how to phrase it as you kind of marinate it as much as you want, marinate it a a lot. Maybe it's marinating back here, Um, but special teams going to be interesting because I would say like that their kickoff coverage unit was probably their best special teams unit, if not like maybe one of their best units on the entire team. And the two biggest pieces to that were Wyatt Rector running down to blow up uh, like a lead block basically and funneling it to Brendan Gantt. And, like, that was the one-two duo that, like, made that work as well as it did. And you have to replace both of those guys. You're recruiting and developing a higher caliber athlete in general now. So, like, in theory, you should be able to. But something to to worth noting as we get into, like, the minutia of the offseason and, and the types of things that help you win or lose games. Chris is smiling because I use I'm,
3: I'm proud of you. No, I'm proud of you for fitting Wyatt Rector in there.
0: Fit Wyatt Rector. Good show. Um Oh, boy.
3: I've got an answer to the Brendan Gant question. I'm surprised he lasted the year he lasted. I, I just, you know, if you asked me 12 months ago, who I think somebody might hit the portal is he was one of them to be abundantly clear about that to his credit. He bought in, became a very good special teams player and a contributor. Am I surprised he's departing? No, I think one, he values himself more than he will be valued at FSU. And two, I
0: think there's a degree
3: of, you know, some of the old haunts still exist.
0: I I think he left on a high note at least. And that's, Probably what what matters um because he had a, he had a good season going out, and he's what apparently visiting Colorado this week. Zach, you yeah. had the scoop, so he's visiting Colorado, and I think Darren McClendon, yeah, UCF, could be a USF,
3: fit. UCF, and USF have also been attached to Brendan.
0: Not me, although UCF mug. Okay, so that's probably the biggest departure. I think the fan base a little bit more like bummed out about Antavius Woody than we are. Like he was a project player, someone who probably had to, uh, he had to move positions already. He had upside, but uh, once you move to defensive to tackle, and if you weren't able to crack that, that top tier rotation, like like it made it six deep. And a lot of that is second year players like Ayobami Tafasi and Daniel Lyons. Like that's not going to really hurt you long-term and and, and in short-term I don't think so that's pretty much the only one to date we will keep an eye on transfer portal coverage here throughout the remainder of the window we have like probably 10 pre-writes ready to go just in case it's crazy like we'll hear names this like even in the spring guys who could transfer end up not transferring we'll, we'll all of a sudden be caught off guard sometimes like it just this moves faster than it ever has and so we We are trying to be as prepared as possible while also like not going ahead and and reporting something that could change in a day, right? (laughs) So uh, we're keeping an eye on it. We are prepared for maybe some more attrition. Uh, But Chris, that gets us to the scholarship point. Uh, 84 to 86 is probably where I'm at right now. It just depends on who you consider on scholarship. Like is Dante Anderson on there? Maybe, maybe not. Preston Daniel, maybe, maybe not. Does Destin Hill show up? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but, yeah, 84 to 86 is where we're at now with the, the current uh, departures. You like numbers. Can you put into context for our listeners what that means for FSU's off-season efforts right now?
3: Well, I'll take the average of that. So I'm going to settle in at 85 for this uh, math performance we're about to have. I think the likelihood is they still need two to three to go. You want to open up spots for potentially one to two transfers in, probably on the defensive side of the ball for both of those at the top of the list. Safety, which we've talked about a lot. The next one would probably be either a linebacker if you're uncomfortable with the current depth there, a defensive end if there's a high-quality available name, or flipping to the offensive side of the ball, maybe a receiver slash kick returner type or punt returner because that's a position where you could use a guy. Right now. So I think that's what we're kind of looking at as to kind of work on the numbers. Do I think they're active in the portal right now? Yes, in the sense where they're evaluating what's going in, but no, in the sense of pursuing somebody, I don't think they're overly active in pursuing somebody at the current moment.
0: They're super to that point, Chris, like they're super, I mean, I guess selective would be the word I would use. Um, they are very like this, this front office, or excuse me, back office, like it's very, or is it front office? What does the general manager, is he a front office or back office?
3: I think, front office. yeah, front NFL office. wise, it would be called the front
2: office.
0: That makes sense. So who would be the back office?
2: Chuck Canner. Can we back off this topic, please? Chuck.
0: Uh, so anyways, the front office is works extremely diligently in like evaluating every single player who enters the transfer portal. And uh, like I said, it's very selective right now. FSU is very comfortable, I think, with, with the way it's roster is comprised room will be at a premium. Like Chris said, we're probably 85 right now. You need a couple more to leave in order to start adding some pieces and just, I would love for there to be this influx of offers and transfer portal visitors. And you'll probably end up getting a, a, some names emerge eventually. Like it would be more entertaining for there to be a lot, but like, we, we can't force it either. Like it's just, it's not, it's not what it was in December where you had about, Ten roster spots to to fill via via the transfer portal, and you had about fifteen to twenty targets, uh, and you added nine. So, anyways, there. I mean, there are names like like just guys who I'm interested in, uh, who I think like would would maybe make make sense. But like again, I don't know if they're in in a huge rush to go ahead and and add someone. Uh, like there's the Rhode Island corner Antonio Carter. He's from Orlando, and initially you say, okay, this guy's been a multi year starter at at the FCS level has performed well metrically with PFF he's performed well against power 5 opponents like he had a good game against Pitt this past year and so he's regional and you look at his offers have come in like Kentucky Louisville West Virginia Washington i mean he's he's gotten a handful of power 5 offers and and FSU's not aggressively moving on that because they feel really good about their cornerback room and i think yeah. that's just an example of like they're not going to take someone just to take it it has to make a lot of sense
3: on the Rhode Island kid, just to add on that, really good friends with Renardo Green, from what I understand, Kiwan Ratliff, who's on the support staff, knows him as a guy with heavy Orlando ties. Obviously, being an in-state guy, there's some other ties to the program as well. So it's not a familiarity type of situation. And he is a kid that's getting a good bit of interest. But as Brendan said, I think they're going to be hyper-focused on a specific type of skill set. They're not just taking the take. They want to fill a true need or void. What do we think of this this transfer market right now? I feel like this
2: almost benefits Florida State in the fact that, like, they already have a pretty secured roster. Obviously, there's certain spots they'd like to improve at. But I feel like some other teams are pretty much banking on
3: this portal, and there's really not a ton of good options. Yeah, it's been a little bland. Uh Now, there's still some spring games wrapping up this yeah. weekend. Uh, I know, like, for example, Oklahoma's playing this Alabama. weekend. Alabama, yeah. Yeah, so there's still some to go. But, yeah, I, I think there's always sort of a – an. A, expectation of an abundance of talent and that's not always the case Uh, i'll use the hoops portal as an example there's 1500 kids in it but there's only like 300 or so that have a scoring average that is super appealing so that's a 20 percent rate of what's actually in the portal so yeah and and the rich are always going to get richer first so we got to remember that with the portal too i
2: I think they should call this renegotiation season because that's really what this is um a lot of times
0: Tyler Van Dyke would be yeah that's what I'm saying like
2: do we really think Alabama is in contact with Tyler Van Dyke maybe um you know I don't know why they would need him but let's just say they were um Tyler Van Dyke now gets a new much higher NIL deal um with Miami's Collective or John Ruiz whoever is involved in that and he gets to to run to the bank and and, you know, be with Miami as their starting quarterback and make a whole lot more money. I think that's happening a lot of a, at a lot of places across the country. You know, I talked about in the last podcast that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I should say it like this, but tampering is going on um, on college football rosters across the country. I think the most – th- I actually did a presentation on this in, in class the other day. The most infamous case was Jordan Addison last season with USC and Pitt. Um, but, yeah, I think now the retention market – largely due to to what the the battle's end did in December with retaining most of FSU's players has become so robust that, you know, I don't think, you know, a lot of these schools are able to combat some of the tampering efforts by other programs. Um, And I think that's maybe why we haven't seen a ton of high profile transfers uh, enter the market during this spring period.
0: If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And everyone is doing some level of, Of tampering, I'm sure. So that's why no one gets busted for it, because yeah, everyone is doing it. So kind of. Plus, the
2: NCAA has no enforcement power.
0: Don't say that. They have a ton Prove me wrong. Uh, R.I.P. to my Byron Vaughns. No matter what hopes Uh, that was. That was a toughie.
3: Committed to Baylor. Pass rush. Dave Aronda know about
0: defense. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> Past rush specialist from Utah State, super bending flexibles, one of the, the best available players in the portal. Uh, frankly, one of the better available players in December. I think he had to get some things cleaned up, got those cleaned up, able to transfer out. FSU had offered, um, but they ended up taking Gilbert Edmond instead. Was interested if in that was someone that they would circle back around to after the Derek McClendon departure. I think they like what Byron Turner did this the spring and they're also super high on Jaden Jones. So I think that combination makes them think that they could, uh, they, I, they chose one Byron over another. And I think you should have had both Byron's. I was, I was Byroning over that, not Sononi on it. You know what I'm saying?
2: I don't let's move on.
0: FSU got a commitment this week from Devin Carter. He is a 2026. That's tough to say athlete from North Georgia. Uh, but but Chris, I'll start with you, and then let's throw it to... No, I'll start with... No, Who all you guys have been super involved in this. All right, Zach's raising the Zach scene.
3: broke it. Start with Zach.
0: All right, so <laughs> what we're going to do is, Zach, you're going to explain who Devin Carter is, make people feel really old. Uh, Chris will do a little bit of insight on who Pops is, and then Dane will do a little bit of an evaluation on his game because he broke it down really well in the old 24-7, and then we'll get Dane out of here because he has to go. So that'll that'll be how this goes. And then we'll play Byers-Sanone,
1: producing... I want to play by too.
0: Um, well, you may not be able to, buddy. Okay.
2: Um, yeah. So Devin Carter. He's the by 24-7 sports is, uh you know, database, the first 2026 prospect to make a decision on a college right now. And he committed to Florida State yesterday. He is the son of seminal great running back Dexter Carter, who played uh for FSU in the late 80s and was drafted in the first round in the ninety or in the nineteen ninety. NFL draft. Um, He picked FSU over Georgia, Alabama, Florida, and Tennessee. Yeah, he had all of those offers as a 2026 prospect. Um, He chose FSU mainly because of their coaching staff. He said, The coaches, I love what Coach Norvell and the staff are doing at Florida State. I have a close relationship with them already. Like Coach Odell, he used to hold me as a baby. So I trust in what they're doing and believe they will develop me into a great man and a great player.
0: That should be an NIL package by The way Odell Higgins will will swaddle you no matter your age, and you could really probably earn a lot of money for the program that way. It's good fundraising, just throwing it out there like a
3: special. So, to add, so to add on, pup, so like he said, he played here in the late 80s, very good player. I believe Amply followed him, he was around Sammy Smith's time, battled for everything he got. Uh, Dexter Carter, you know, I always point out when he's walking in the building to people if they don't know who he is, I'm like, do you think he played in the NFL because Dexter's only 5'9 and. On a good day when he arrived at FSU, he was probably a buck 60. When he left here, he was probably in the 175 range. Ended up going to the San Francisco 49ers, playing with Roger Craig. Craig got hurt his rookie year for Dexter in the league. Dexter actually led the 49ers in rushing that year. And this is in the prime time of the 49ers being a really, really good football team. Uh, he also was a kick returner, punt return type guy for them. Very good special teams player. I think he ended up being one of their 50 best in the 50-year celebration for the franchise. So that speaks to his NFL career. Dexter also worked at FSU 07 to 10, if I recall correctly. He was a coach on the staff. So Devin was a youngin back then, Uh, you know, 9, 10. He was probably one, two years old, if I had to guess. So those last couple years, Devin has grown up around the program. He's a big fan of the program. Uh, I talked a good bit with Dexter yesterday, 42 minutes to be exact. And uh, on Devin, you know, he, he wanted Devin to make his own decision for himself. He's obviously a very proud father of his son choosing to go to a place that he also went to a place he passionately, truly loves as a player. And as someone who worked here, even if, you know, the time as a coach here didn't go maybe the way he wanted to, he still loves this place in every which way. So he's very happy for Devin. But they allowed Devin to go through the process. He took a ton of visits, went to a lot of schools. He had excellent options, Bama, Georgia, UNC, plenty of others under the sun. They really did their their work. The original plan, and I'll write about this today. Was for Devin to probably wait till after his sophomore year to truly decide after taking some more additional visits. But he was ready. He called his dad on Friday evening when he was on the visit to FSU. Dad went to get some dinner, let Devin do some stuff on his own, and told him he wanted to do it. And that he was ready. And Dexter greenlighted it because he, he understood his son was making the decision for himself. And that's what he ultimately wanted in the end. And you know, Dexter Jr., Dexter Carter's son, his older son. Was a kid a few years ago who was a prospect. So they went through the process with him and that taught him some lessons, obviously, that applied here for Devin. But uh, no, whole family seemed very excited by it. Devin's an excellent talent, truthfully, can play on either side of the ball. I think FSU likes him as a receiver. I think Ron Dugans did a good bit of work on this most recent visit of making him understand. And one other note on the visit that Dexter shared with me is well, Devin's grown up around this thing and he probably could lead the tours and tell you everything about it, FSU treated his visit like he had never seen the place a day in his life and did it in every which way like they would do for any other prospect. I think that went a long way because I think at the end of the day, Devin wanted to just be like another recruit, not be the son of Dexter Carter. But no, dad, son, but very happy that he's going to be a Seminole.
1: Is that my turn now? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's a 2026, 20, so obviously really far out. So it's a lot of just projection. But he's already like a really decent player, which is cool. But um. But I mean, the biggest thing is that he's he's a freshman and he's already he already has like a six foot ish frame, which is pretty big for that age. And he runs. I mean, Andrew Ivans put this in his story. But he what Zach? It was a a four or five laser timed forty. Yeah. Like that's. That is like so absurd, especially for a guy with a, a longer frame now who doesn't have a ton of like the matured development, uh, like in his lower body muscles and stuff. Like he, and even watching on his tape, I don't think like his first step is that impressive and that kind of thing. Like, I think that'll continue to develop and he can get more explosive in that way. So, I mean, and he's probably going to keep growing a little too. I mean, I don't know if that's likely, but it's certainly a possibility. A very. I mean, that, that totally could happen. And I think length will probably always be like, uh, I guess, advantageous for him. Um, he just has a super high ceiling, uh, a guy with a ton of range. If he were to play DB with that speed and length, um, he's really fluid as an athlete too. I mean, he has great genes, obviously. And, um, he has a wide receiver. If they like him there, he's already been productive there on top of having all the tools like he could He could be a a super legit prospect. I mean, he already has offers from what Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, a bunch of schools outside of being obviously a take at Florida State already. So super, super good take outside of it being just, you know, a fun legacy thing.
0: What what position would you put him at, Dane? Like if you could say like where where do you think he projects the highest
1: right now if you had to put money on it? I mean, he's already really productive as a wide receiver, so I feel like that's – It's probably where he's going to keep developing. Like if he ends up being like 6'2", you know, 6'2", 185, and is running around 4'5", like, yeah, that guy's, I don't know. You could really do both, though. I mean, I feel like he could be listed as an athlete and a top 100 guy.
3: So one thing to add is he's played receiver pretty much only in high school so far. He did play DB coming up as a younger kid, but he's always played receiver. He's very good at it. He understands route tree. He's a kid that's been developed to be a receiver. He came to FSU last summer in the end of July camp event, and he worked at DB there because Marcus Woodson had wanted to get his hands on him. And had an opportunity, but he had also previously worked for FSU as a receiver. So they're very familiar with him there. This visit this past weekend, he's recruited as a receiver. He dealt with Ron Dugans primarily, and that's position. Uh, you know, I think long term, that's where he'll probably end up, but he is capable of playing on either side of the ball.
2: I was told that he's being recruited at, at FSU or by FSU at receiver and DB. Um, so maybe one of those things that can be malleable as he develops the, re- you know, the rest of the way through his high school career wanted to add a few more stats to what Dane was talking about. Um, finished last season, his freshman year, um, his first year playing high school ball, 30 passes for, he caught 30 passes for 417 yards and six touchdowns for his Cedar Grove team that made the finals of the Peach State. Uh, triple, or
0: That's a good program up there for people yeah, to know. Yeah, they yeah. made the
2: finals for the for the uh, 3A playoffs in the state of Georgia. And he also ran a uh, 11-3 in the 100-meter dash. I think that was not this track season i think that was the last track season um and then a four three effort in the short shuttle
0: cool. um so i'm responding to some questions on the board um with my depth chart piece that i put up there on defense and a lot of questions so I'm just trying to get that done but um all right right, sono time i think that was that was a good breakdown of, of Devin Carter's game i think we get into buyer sonoone now right yeah Dan you got to play for a
1: little bit how's it make you feel let's go i'm so excited. You want to do the ad read for the out. Turner group? <laughs> what? You want to do the ad read for the Turner group? Well, you know, no, but <laughs> I'll play the game. Okay, I'll hold enough. up the Turner group koozie, even though we're not on, you know, video. All I right. hope.
0: How about this? Whenever I I do the pause for someone, y'all, you know, the Turner group, you take the lead on it, okay?
1: All <laughs> right. I like. I'll mute myself and warm up my voice while you're starting it. Okay. Well, that's. Just la. <laughs>
0: idiot god bless him god bless him uh the turner group sponsors oh wait i messed it up that's on me <laughs> buyers to sponsored by well, uh, the turner group <laughs> sorry colin really really so sorry, sorry for this uh the turner group is a husband and wife boutique realty team in central florida although they are expanding and we will have some news on that uh fairly soon and that'll be very advantageous, I think to a lot of our listeners who are from the Tallahassee area, because, um, I'll be able to probably make some, some really cool moves. Thanks to the Turner group. But, uh, right now they, they have the umbrella under Keller Williams so the entire state of Florida. So they can help you if you're trying to buy or sell a home in the state. Uh, but specifically Colin does a ton of business in central Florida. Uh, they, they make a lot of, a lot of deals. He's always working. He's very personable and thoughtful and they, um, yeah, they do a really great job. Talked to him actually a little earlier about uh, potentially putting my house on the market and, and really liked where his his mindset was at with that. So we'll, we'll see if that ends up happening uh, sooner or later for me because I'm the anxious sort, but he was able to make me feel more confident about it, which is why I'd recommend Colin Turner of the Turner Group to you guys because he'll be able to uh, paint the picture of what the home buying process can look like. If you're interested and even kind of get an idea of what the market looks like, you reach out to him at 407. Four zero three eight five four six or email him at getstartedattheturnergroup.com. Mention on the bench. Let me know we sent you, uh, and at the very least, he'll he'll want to talk about FSU ball. So, all right, let's get into it. It'd probably help if I had the buyer sonon prompt open on my computer as we went into this. This is a very sloppy Friday episode. I'm sure some three star reviews will be coming on iTunes. Great job, guys. Thanks. Uh, J thirteen Alley or Sonone Tawaski Abrams ends up a null. Zach, I'll throw
2: this to you. Why do I have to go first? (laughs)
0: Because I'm asking you about it.
2: Okay. Um, I'll buy it. I think Tawaski Abrams really likes FSU. I don't know why he hasn't been on campus all spring, and that probably should be a red flag in my eyes. But from what I've heard, I think he's pretty solid. Um, He is going up to Colorado this weekend. So we'll see what comes of that trip. Um, That might change my answer. But, you know, if he stays solid after that, um I, I feel pretty good about him ending up in the class, but
3: yeah, I'll buy for now. I'll buy it for right now too. I think some of the absence over the spring was related to track. He is going to Colorado oh. this weekend. That was communicated to the staff beforehand from what I was on I was told. Um yeah, I think for right now it's a buy. From what I understand, FSU expects to when he schedules officials, they expect to get his last official. That's the way FSU is viewing I it. I hope currently. so. Right. But the fact that FSU is expecting that is usually a good sign of communication, things going that way instead of, well, we don't know what the kid's doing. We shall see. Yeah, I
2: think the reason for my uh, optimism with it is he's been really active on social media after like every one of the commits. Um, he's been posting graphics of Tribe 24 and stuff. So, you know, he's not like he's just gone, you know, cold turkey on FSU. Like he's definitely been,
3: um, you know, still active and helping them recruit on social media and stuff. He's like just Cold trying to Turkey. set up one of those shutdown articles with Zach. That's all he's really oh.
0: trying to do. <laughs> that's how we're playing the game now. Cold Turkey, is that is that the correct?
3: I don't know. if
2: I, It's a Sloppy right. Friday episode. Sorry.
0: Oh, that's the headline. Sloppy Friday episode.
1: Got it. Uh, Writing it down. Sloppy Friday episode. Dane, are you buying or sunoning? Um, I'll switch it up. I'm going to synone. I think it's like up in the air, so there should be someone that synones it. Um, Yeah, like Chris talked about, his spring schedule has been – has had a lot of track stuff and he's like, yeah, he said that a good bit, but he also visited Florida. And now he's visiting Colorado and, um, you know, hasn't been to FSU since he committed. So I think that's at least somewhat of a red flag. It, it is very possible it, that Tawaski uh, marches to the beat
0: of his own drum. Like I think even when he committed, he kind of committed outside like the window of like when other guys were, were committing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that is like a worth, while, like, note on this, but I, I'm with you, Dan. I'm noting it up uh, for that reason. It, this is an unofficial visit to Colorado, Zach. Correct. Okay, so he's flying across the country before he drives up the state to, to go to the school he's committed to.
3: It, Where yeah. is he from?
0: I understand. Florida. I understand Where's Southwest, Dion Florida from? From Southwest Florida. I understand it. Oh, and D, the Dion type, that's fine.
3: But- I, yeah,
2: I mean, I don't. Like, if we're going to say track on the... Like, I'm buying this because I think it'll get smoothed over, but I'm saying, like, I don't buy that track on the way of him ever getting to FSU this spring. Like, that's got to be a choice.
3: Right, he he did make a choice, but I don't think it was he had six open weekends and he chose never to use them. I think it's probably he had a little bit more of a limited selection of weekends, and he opted not
1: to. Yeah. And I, I don't even know if I could say this, but I don't know. But, um, like, if... uh. Like, if you go and get, like, if you're in a position where you can land, like, JoJo Trader, and you have James Madison in your class or something like that, and you think someone needs to get dropped, and this dude hasn't been on campus, and, like, you like all your dudes, and they're all... I mean, a lot of those guys are pretty similar players. Like, who's getting dropped? I don't know. Something (laughs) adds to that side, my opinion. Not definitive, but, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean... I don't see them dropping him, but um, I think. Well, okay. I think all can, right. Moving on. Moving they on. Load up on going... the receivers. I oh could see god. something like that happen.
1: Oh my god! Oh my god! What? Brought to you by the Turner Group. <laughs> the <TB>. Turner Group.
0: <laughs> TB Three Golf Seven One Four. Buyers known. Sponsored by the Turner, Turner Group. Group. This is Dane's job for now, Chris. Three of the four prominent PWO remain on their own dime this year um so first i think daniel cj we're talking <laughs> what dante, dante anderson,
3: anderson oh preston daniel cj campbell and who would be the fourth just
0: one just said it
1: is it smoke you're talking about chris
0: no it's preston daniel it's dante anderson it's cj campbell and it's keziah holmes it would be ah, all right um i think preston daniel's on scholarship so here's the thing is like florida unless a player wants to announce it florida state is not going to go ahead and announce it and even confirming it might be uh difficult and it's just a deal is like mike norville is one of the most open coaches in college football and is super understanding with stuff he just doesn't like scholarships being counted i think it's fair to say and yeah scholarships and
3: injuries are the two things that he's just nah
0: we're getting here he's not he's not going to play that game so we play that game because people want to know. And that is our job is to to try to have the the finger on the pulse there. But uh, that may not be something that we can always get as clearly to say definitively. Uh, I will buy that. I think it's more likely that most of those guys are not going to be on scholarship than they are going to be on scholarship.
3: But that they also stay.
0: Oh, I don't think anyone, I don't anticipate any of those guys leaving. There's a lot of anxiety over like the, the running back room getting watered down and like, I don't think Kaziah Holmes can really go anywhere right now. I guess maybe he could if if he transferred here and he wasn't on scholarship. So I guess he could transfer somewhere to get on scholarship. I think CJ Campbell I mean, he's from the panhandle. He's kind of buying his time. I think he's in a pretty good like situation academically where he doesn't have to to pay for a ton of, of school in addition to being a PWO. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if I foresee any of these guys leaving this offseason that would catch me off guard if, if that did happen i guess
3: yeah i think all those i'll buy it. i think all those guys are very content in
0: the program i think they're very happy people yeah and so they remain on their own time all right wild at heart No, obvious one Bayer sanone another hill is on the roster by june uh i'm gonna sanone i think a pays on is on on the campus by june technicality yeah, it is a technicality. I think I think he might change his name back if he does come here. How's that? How's that for scoop?
3: I'll buy. I think Destin will be here. Given, I'll believe it when I actually see
1: it. Wow, wow. Chris I mean, bought it. I,
3: wow, that's a that's turning that's
2: point. Cool. A Turner Group.
1: Oh, Turner sorry. Group.
0: Dane, um, drop one more Turner Group before you have to go.
1: The Turner Group. If they take Destin, is it? <clears throat> if they take Payson slash Hill, is that uh? Like a seventh or eighth receiver or whatever in their class, basically. I mean, he's a twenty twenty one kid. I know, but Jesus Christ!
0: All right, that was awful, Dan. Get out of here. I'm kicking All you right. out. I'm
1: leaning over my. No, that was <laughs> awful.
0: He cleared his throat into the mic, yelled out "Jesus Christ," and put Destin when-
3: next year's class instead of last year's class.
2: It reminds oh, me of God. when uh, we were, when were we, we were like at um, doing some commitment thing. Was it the I forget where? No, it was in Jacksonville. We were doing Jacksonville uh, fall camp. And Dane was like hovering over my computer, talking on the live stream.
0: <laughs> oh, I remember <laughs> it, that. That it was, was funny. We kept having him coming in and out of the the room to uh, yeah. to provide insights. I think that's a good role for Dane. I like that. I like the chaos that he brings.
1: <laughs> I don't think he knows
0: he's bringing chaos, though. I think that's the part of it that that is the um...
2: yeah. When he said that we should drop Towaski, that's
0: <laughs> <laughs> he just veered that one out <laughs> completely out of out of control. Jay Knowles, 7 Liars to know we get three or more transfers to come in over the next month. So Chris, when someone says three Visit four, or commit. Oh, I think that's commit.
3: Commit. commit also, will sell that he said, so,
2: um,
0: I, the game correctly,
2: I'm going to so that as well. I think it'll be around two.
0: I'm with you. I will, I will sonona I think it'll be, be sub three. No fans. No fan Sam. No fan Sam. I got it. Byerson, we should be slightly worried that D Jack hasn't gotten a waiver approved yet. D Jackson. Um, Daryl Jackson, Miami transfer needs a waiver to play this year. Should we be worried? I mean, listen, the NCAA is involved here. So I guess always be worried. But like, this is also like a timeline deal of like a Jordan Travis and get his waiver until I, I think it was like right before fall camp of 2019 so there's still like there's a precedent of this being months longer this could take so i'm so knowing that we should be worried just based on like a timeline i would buy it that like you should be worried just you're relying on the ncaa to make the proper choice and that doesn't always happen
3: also known it for now i mean process basically started in january from an fsu perspective i think meach for example his process started a couple months before that and just got resolved here recently uh, the one thing I will add is that the NCAA has made some statements here recently, mostly pertaining to hoops transfers that are transferring a second time more so than football, but that they're going to be a little more difficult with regards to that process. So we'll see how much that bark has bite.
2: Yeah, I I'll buy that you should be slightly worried just for the fact that it's the NCAA, like Brennan said, making this decision. And I'm not super confident that they're always going to make the best decision. Um, you know, especially in a case like this where he's applying for a hardship waiver. Um, but you know, I haven't heard one way or the other that you know there's confidence either way in, in what's gonna happen. Um, I think the the thing that annoys me so much about these waivers is that they're given no timeline. Like it's literally we'll decide when we want to decide for the NCAA, and I think that's kind of unfair.
0: Well, even like the Dimitri Manual one, like that worked out well for FSU, but he was participating yeah, he had to go he had to go
2: do pro day.
0: Yeah, it's not a – outward looking in, it does not appear to be a great – And system. he
2: missed all of spring ball because of that. I don't
0: know if we can say that, but he was okay. limited for,
2: edit, for edit spring that. ball.
0: No, just I'm just clarifying what you said. Uh, that's not – that's not one, what you said was not accurate. Two, if it was accurate, we wouldn't be able to say it. So, three, uh, I'm kicking you out of the studio now. Go ahead and time out. By Orsonone, Kellum Cough uh, asks, has starter transfers to an SEC team this spring with the S – an SEC as a dollar sign uh, I'm synoning it I, I don't one we're a weekend to the portal almost being open and no one of that magnitude has transferred yet I think that's a good sign uh, I think that storm has has passed so uh, knock on wood there for FSU obviously a little bit of time but uh, I, I will soon that that is something that ends up happening
3: also known as, well, I think McClendon is probably as close as you were going to come, and at this point, it looks like that's trending away from the SEC.
0: Zach, you're out of timeout. Thank you.
3: Um,
2: also known as well, I think, like you said, um, I think it was going to happen. It was going to happen, like, in those first few days of the portal opening.
0: Danny Cronin, seven, Byer, Sunone, Christian, smoke white, regularly factors into the two deep this season in the secondary. Um, so... Also, Good. What? What? What's happening here? Because this is this is a trend of people mentioning him a lot on the message board. And he made, made
3: he made a number of plays over the last six to eight spring practices. I think he was mission takeaway two to three times in that stretch.
0: Mm-hmm. He is a super valuable PWO. Yeah, I'm I'd say him making, and,
3: and Jaden Floyd are two guys I think you can mention on the back half of the defense that it, fall in that category.
0: Jaden Floyd is, like, good for culture. Um, I, I do think that that Christian has a chance to, like, eventually become someone who, who could play at, on scholarship at the FBS level um, because he actually makes a, a handful of plays. then and, and, like, hangs um, – he holds his own well against guys at a higher caliber uh, – than him currently that being said you no know, i mean we're talking there's a pretty huge jump between him being a high value pwo versus him being someone who contributes on the two deep right now
3: yeah i, I think if he's contributing it's gonna probably be special teams
0: special teams yeah so i'm synoning it so uh, big big buford noel Byers synone sponsored by the turner group. group covering fsu is fun right now
3: bye I'll buy that, except for for Brett. FSU football. We're
0: I think the application that. was football.
2: Yeah, I'll I'm buy. Recruiting is out. fun. Team is fun. It's definitely the most fun it's been to cover in quite a while. I would assume. Yeah,
3: you access is very good. Uh, relationships are good, to be perfectly honest. like Dealing with people over there is pleasurable. I have many a casual conversation with many people involved in the Moore Athletic Center that I enjoy. And then they're pretty straightforward when it comes to football-related questions.
0: I agree. It's, it's a buy for me. I think back to, to some of the previous, not even just regimes, but times and covering those regimes and we talked about it before here on the podcast, but like 2017, I was fairly close to leaving the industry. Just it was, it was brutal uh, covering that man with the program where I'd gone with the access restricting to the way it had been restricted. Remember the Miami, the, the week of the Miami game, we got three players that we talked to. One of them was a starter to preview the Miami game. Jimbo Fisher was threatened to fight fans in the stand. Like it was it was bad. So not to not to lament on the past, but like I've covered highs and lows in this program. And just from an access standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, from just like being an intriguing fun team. This is by far the most fun it, it's been for me covering this team. Also, uh, I enjoy working with with you two and Dane and Brett and the X's and noels guys and, and Kev's a legitimate buddy. Uh, and we have to go play video games at some point uh, soon here. But yeah, I, I enjoy my my work life quite a bit right now.
3: Aw, you kiss ass. Thank
0: you. Scranton, noel. Buyers to know. Florida State's game versus LSU will be one of the most watched games of the season. Buy. Yeah, that'll that'll probably mm-hmm. be a, a marquee one. That'll get really good, really good uh ratings. What's it on a Monday? Or Sunday? Sunday. Sunday.
3: Sunday. Sunday. Was, Michael was, Alfred yeah. already has the edit ready. He's just waiting yeah. to slap the number on there.
2: Yeah. They had like what, yeah. the third most watched Sunday game of all time or something last, last year.
0: Yeah, it was a ton. And I think this one will have even more intrigue because both those programs are ascending under their coaches. So, yeah, Yeah. and and, uh, guys with – like, think about even just the quarterback dynamic. Like, people didn't know what Jaden Daniels was going to be and people didn't know what Jordan Travis was going to be. I mean, I did, but, like, no one else did in the world. And those two guys are going to be, like – I think Jordan a little bit more than Daniels. (laughs) Yeah. Both, both will be Heisman Trophy contenders to some extent or another, or should be. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of At intrigue. least get
3: the preseason hype
0: to be, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm talking about as it's going to be viewed in, in that, that moment. Uh, Danny Cronin, seven, Byers-Sonone. After Zane Herring, there will be at least four more players currently on the roster that will leave FSU and enter the transfer portal by the end of April. So, Byers-Sonone, at least four. Four or more, Chris.
3: Also known, four or more. I think it probably ends up just short of that.
0: Yeah, I, was, I think three – if I were setting the line, it would be like 3.5 on it is where my head would go.
3: Yeah, I'd sure. go under on that. I think
1: it's three.
0: I agree. So, starter Um P-Man, 317, byer known Charles Lester commits to the Noles before any official visits. Oh, that's a good one. He was just up in Alabama. Shout-out to Luke Cromenhawk for, uh, for sending out a, a Bobby Bowden a straw hat to him instead of the um, – oh, my God.
3: He was wearing a Bama hat for Nick Saban. For Nick Saban. Yeah.
0: but who wore it before Nick Saban?
3: Bear Bryant. That that's Bryant. not what Bear wore though. Bear wore a very different hat. Oh, I don't. I don't want Bama fans chasing you down the street with pitchforks. So you got to get this right. It was not a straw hat that Bear wore. Bear Bryant
0: hat. I was going to call him like. Oh, he didn't. He wore like a fedora kind of checkered cap. Wow. Do you rock
3: a fedora usually,
2: Brendan?
0: What? So
2: I
3: usually rock a fedora.
0: No.
2: As There's a man a that
3: loves crystal balls, I will talk about entering one for Charles Lester. I think the possibility is very real that he commits before his officials. I also think the current official visit, visit schedule that's out there for him is relatively meaningless because I think it could easily change. Um, he's been very close to committing to FSC multiple times. Now, yeah. some of that is usually recency bias of a visit, so that needs to be included in the conversation. But FSU's had the lasting power there. Ohio State's mentioned, but I think they're a distant fourth. I think it's FSU, Bama, Georgia very much as the contenders. He very recently took a visit to Georgia. He's currently at Alabama, wrapping up that visit as we speak. I'm interested to see if he gets back to FSU in May. I think if that happens, yes, it could very likely happen. I, I legitimately believe there is a window of opportunity where FSU goes and gets a dude that can be the cowbell, for, bell cow sorry, for the defensive class.
0: Wait, um, wait, mistake to Chris. I was just trying to write down what I want the headline to be. What did Chris just do?
3: I said yeah. cowbell instead of bell cow. I flipped it. Charles,
2: I flipped I got a
0: fever and the only prescription is more cowbell. The watch
2: also note it. I think, uh, he has people around him that want him to wait it out, take some officials, you know, see these other. I mean, he has visited all these other schools, so I'm not saying he hasn't been to other places, but um. You no, know, it's certainly a possibility, but for now, I'll, I'll say, you know, he he takes some officials and then makes the decision.
3: I feel like the recent Georgia and Bama visit have been multi-day investments on his part, almost like informal officials to a degree. And I understand officials come with a little bit more because of price tag. But, like, I don't know. I, I feel like he's in that – he's entered the, you know, endgame portion of it all.
0: There's no way Charles Lester is paying on his own – Well, never mind. No, I know that.
3: I'm just saying it's a little different what the school can outwardly, publicly provide.
0: Nib... Oh, boy, this is a... uh, There's some minefields on this. (laughs) name. Niblicknol?
3: Just read it fast like you know.
0: Let me me know. That definitely won't help. Message me and let me know how to pronounce this correctly for the future. Byers-Sanone, Brock Glenn is FSU starting quarterback in Ireland. For 2024,
3: did we already answer this, Brendan? Yes, yeah, like a week or two ago, we definitely did.
2: Dude, he just doesn't read the questions. Um, so known, I think it'll be Tate Roadmaker, second so or, or a transfer quarterback.
0: Yeah, I'll synon it, and I'm high on I'm Brock I, I think there is definitely something there. We've we've talked about. It. We don't have to. We've apparently already talked about this. We don't have to keep talking about this. Byers yeah. I mean, this is appropriate because Zach's kind of pissing me off right now. Dolphins 5-6-2. Byers three two-minute boxing rounds. Brennan beat Zach by TKO or KO or a unanimous decision. Um, so
3: Sinone, I think Zach's filled with more anger, so I'm gonna go with Zach. I think Zach wins. You have a crippled leg. You couldn't <laughs> <laughs> I would destroy you. What are you talking about?
0: I will crush you. <laughs>
2: he's just sitting there smiling
0: i was thinking about i was thinking legitimately of ripping off my titanium leg and just beating you with it (laughs) is how i thought that would go
2: you have no mobility
0: fsu golf 2011 turner group hive yes stand up byerson known four plus few four plus total future first round picks are on the roster currently
2: First round picks.
0: Uh, yeah. So I will start the bidding with Jared Verse.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I thought he there. was probably like a top fifty, top forty player this past year. One more year of growth. Uh, first round, reasonable.
3: Johnny Wilson feels that like kind of dude that if he rounds in the form and puts up the kind of numbers he's capable of, yeah, somebody does the Kelvin Benjamin move.
0: Yeah, yeah but he's I, way I more
3: athletic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I
0: there think. is there is a uh, there is potential there. Yeah. If
2: he catches the ball consistently, I think he's a a first
3: round or second round pick do they have an offensive lineman who falls into that category i
2: mean
0: yes i love me some buyers no no you're gonna have to dig deeper there think think younger
3: you think somebody like lucas simmons down the road yeah Yeah. i mean there's a lot of measurements
0: and variables but watching him move this spring like oh that's the guy who will play in the nfl very likely i think uh with the potential to be a, a legitimately like elite offensive tackle skill set uh, it exists at least so I would add him as a maybe
2: for yeah um, I mean it's tough to project like that um Daryl Jackson yeah I he's got to be more consistent if he's consistent yeah. that's an easy one but that's easier said than done I'm gonna send it's tough man if, yeah. if you did it after this year after the recruiting class they're about to bring in I would say yeah probably buy. Um, but on the current roster, I'd probably send known.
0: I think I would send known too. I mean, that's a lot of like for, I mean, yeah. And I think, I think two is probably where I'm closer feeling confident with, which is great. I feel
2: like like they have a lot of players that are like really like Jordan Travis, like he could have a Heisman year and I probably don't think he gets drafted in the first round just because of just his makeup. Um, But but
0: they have a lot of like day three type of Fabian love really good
2: college players.
0: Yeah. Um, Uh, Braden Fisk would fit. I mean, Patrick Payton could end up being a first round draft pick. He could, he'll probably be playing on Sundays. He'll probably be a draftable player. Probably. I would say right now, probably like a third or fourth round guy, but he just keeps developing. You don't know Yeah, uh, what two years. But he'd have to
2: have like a breakout kind of like, uh, you know, 10 sack season or something like that to be a
0: freshman. Which, runner. I mean, he had five as, as a redshirt freshman, yeah. so it's, it's this reasonable.
3: This topic kind of speaks to the program, though, in a way, in that, like, it is a talented team, but it's also a team that's been developed into the team it is. Yeah. And we expect continued development because that's been the consistent theme with this program under the guidance of Mike Norvell. And that's going to continue. So there are guys who will tap into all of the ability they have and maybe reach their ceiling. And there are guys with ceilings that are that level. But there's not a lot of guys that seem to walk in the building ready-made for that level. And just to use Georgia, because they're the king of kings currently with back-to-back national titles, that school has gotten a hell of a lot of dudes through the door who were those kind of dudes when they walked through the door. And that's not to diminish what Georgia did with them and turned them into. But like Jalen Carter, he was that kind of dude when he walked in the door. So, yeah, just... I think that's the two sides of the discussion. It's like FSU probably does have guys capable of that, but they didn't recruit as many guys that were simply that when they were recruited.
0: I remember doing a podcast a few years ago or having this, this topic and we wanted to flesh it out more. So I don't know if we ever did like a full list on it, Chris, but I remember you, myself and Josh talking about like how many NFL caliber players are currently on the roster. I remember Trey McKitty being one of the names that was brought up. So this is probably 2018 yeah time and and she ended up getting drafted in the middle of the the draft which i thought was a little early for him but uh, I, I i digress um we probably could only get to like five or six players and i think that is now like we talk about guys on this roster who are probably gonna be playing on sundays or, or be drafted off the top of my head like i think 15 to 20 is probably much much closer to where it is um and recruiting is starting to trend upwards so going back to someone else's earlier question, is this program fun to cover right now? Like that's, I, I love the idea of like covering something that's ascending. I think that's fun to watch something being built and seeing the origins of like a, a built up type of mechanism. And, and that's what's been fun about this. Sunday Gold, Buyer sanone we get more than two five stars in this class. So three or more. You currently have one with Landon Thomas. He will almost assuredly remain a five star Will Cam Davis, like if it ended today, I know he's currently like a high-end four-star, Zach, but like in our in – our, is he top 32? Would he end up being no, 5 he's,
2: he's 36 right now.
0: So he'd be on the fringe. So he needs a nice senior season still.
2: Yeah. I think Luke Kermenhock has five-star potential. Um, and this is a weak quarterback class overall. And I think, you know, with some strong performance from him at like Elite 11 finals that he's already been invited to, that could be a strong evaluation point for us to move him up. But yeah, I think those are the two potentials for current commits that aren't five stars. And then the obvious one we point to is Charles Lester as a current five-star guy that, that FSU is favored for. And then I think the potential third guy would be Jojo Trader, who I think FSU's in a, a dog fight with Miami for. So yeah, I, I'd buy, honestly. I think they get three. I think that's the, is it three or more or more than three?
0: I moved the page. I think it was, it was more than two. I think it was right? more than two. So yeah, I'll
2: I'll say three. I'll I'll buy that. I think they get three overall, whether that's one of their current commits moving up to a five star, or then lent them lending like a guy like Charles Lester, or then landing two guys like Charles Lester and, and Jojo Trader. Before Chris answers,
0: before Chris answers, <laughs> we need to have a standard formula for how people ask us questions for overs and unders with to Sinone. Two or more, at least two. It needs to be. You guys, as a message board and listeners, go ahead and figure out how to formulate it, but like formulate it um, and and let us know and, and make sure it's consistent and someone enforce it, please. Because Chris's brain doesn't work this way. My brain does not work this way as I'm talking. Zach's the only one who can kind of keep track of it. And then he's asked to remember every prompt, which is difficult as well. So tighten it up for us, please, so we can stay on the rails here.
3: I agree with Zach's answer to one other name I'll throw out there, and he's a bit more of a long shot, but they've put in a lot of work, and they believe they're going to be in it till the end. Uh, Big defensive lineman, defensive end type, Cam Franklin. I know he's listed as a D-tackle FSU, views him as a big D-end. They're going to have to battle Tennessee, probably potentially a Mississippi or an Alabama type of school too, but they're going to be in it. They're going to come back on campus a time or two more, and they've been involved in that one throughout, and he's a kid that he's hovering around. I think he's top 40 right now in the nation.
2: Yeah, he's top. He's a he's a five star in the top two, four, seven rankings, but a, a four star in the composite.
0: Let's see. We got. Well, we're up to an hour here. I uh, don't want us to be an hour and 15-1, So let's go like two or three more. We have a whole page, two pages to still get to. It obviously will not happen. Uh, but let's go rapid fire here. The big squeeze three. Biosynone, you guys talk shit about annoying members posters. That's a hard buy.
2: Yeah, but not as often <laughs> as you think.
0: No, it's yeah. not daily. I think people think we have a running list of people like like a like a power rankings. That's not true. But if, if you're you annoying, make an annoying
2: post, we will talk about you.
0: That's correct.
2: But it's it's not it's not as targeted on one person. It's more so like, man, that post is very
0: not fun to read. Or this guy's been on a on a weird streak lately. Yeah, he's been he on a rampage. Needs to stop being so weird. You know who you are. If you're thinking that it could be you, then it probably is you. I imagine like a hundred people right now, like. Wondering. Savvy's null buyers to known. Chris won't say anything about our paying customers. Good job, Chris. We need a professional here. Savvy's no buyers to FSU averages over 40 points per game this season. 40. What, what did they, they average last season? Year? I'm pulling it up. I'm going oh, quickly here. Good question.
2: This is so rapid. 36.1. Uh
0: Tennessee averages 46. Tennessee averaged 46.1 points per game. <laughs> Wow. That's a lot of points.
2: And the SEC is crazy. Um, I'll buy that. I think their offense gets four points per game better.
0: It has to be better, right? Like, there's, knock on wood, unless there's an injury of significance, like, it will be better with what you bring back and what you add.
2: Yeah. I think pretty much every room is better
3: besides maybe receiver on offense and running back. 40 feels like a big number. You're going to need a game or two where you can kind of drive that up with an inflated number trying to think who that would be because like it's not lsu obviously maybe southern miss but i feel like they're capable of at least battling and probably not allowing you to run up the scoreboard
0: what about chris if you avoid some duds like you don't have like a
3: if you consistently score 30 or more every time out yeah Uh,
0: and and then also like what if and i don't know if this is going to happen like what if the tempo is upticked a little bit
3: because yeah you
0: know, i mean weapons if you want to try to extend games as a favorite now as a team that's going to have more talent than people
1: consistently
3: yeah i mean i think bc you know i think he's a good coach i think they've just lost so many pieces there's a chance there's southern miss north alabama obviously is one and then you know maybe you have another one of those miami moments where you just slack the living crap out of one of your rivals so uh yeah could they yes i think it probably comes in just under 40 so i guess also no but i i think they will be right around that number yes
0: I'll buy it. I think, I think that's reasonable at this point. I know 40 doesn't sound reasonable, but given what we know, I, I think it is Tampa buyers known adult men saying that's a toughie to other adult men. I'm going to buy it. That's a Jeff Cameron joint and I love using it in my everyday life saying something's a toughie uh, in the pantheon of like weird things that you can say to other uh, grown adults. I think that's fairly low. on like the, the cringiness one. Recruiting that Tyler Van Dyke, for example, like begging for a uh, a clarification, like a proof of life type of type of tweet is a far cringier thing. Uh, yeah. Tweeting gifts at, at players to commit to your school. Cringier. Yeah, there's a lot more out there. It's worse than that. I'm buying it.
3: I like Brendan's answer because I didn't pay that close of attention to the question. Sorry, guy. Same.
0: By you know calling someone you don't know guy is worse than saying that's a toughy
3: well i didn't know who asked it so i just went with guy yeah, i could have gone yeah, with the bobby and been like thanks buddy
0: all right what's worse buddy guy dude buddy guy's a great artist
3: chief
2: <laughs> chief is the worst i think
3: yeah i feel like chief's kind of condescending unless yeah, they literally are a chief
0: yeah i think i think in the pecking order there chief's the worst i think my guy. So calling someone my guy that's not really your guy. What is... about
3: Bub? I saw Bub used today on Twitter. I think that was a little spat between maybe Brady Quinn and uh Ryan, uh guy from ESPN whose name I'm forgetting his last name right now. Oh. I guess they were having it out over CJ Stroud.
0: My, my father-in-law calls me Bub, but I think it's a term of endearment, unless maybe I'm reevaluating. No, he today.
3: hates you. Um no do you it's... think he'll be buried as like a new patio or under the garden? Where do you think he would bury? Him? He
0: actually Ashley went on a date in high school with a guy who he did not care for, and the they he basically was explained that they live on a lot of acreage, he has a tractor, and he could bury someone very deep.
3: So garden. Why are
0: you
2: outing this man?
0: I mean, he didn't do it.
2: Or so you think.
0: Uh, the buddy, buddy's my number not two, one to mess with, and I appreciate. Buddy's
2: that. number two on the uh the worst names to be called. I think, so, like, just in a casual conversation, like if you're not super close with someone, like that's just not cool.
0: My term of endearment is dude. If I if I like you, I'm calling you dude.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I don't take offense to dude. Do
0: you guys want to end the podcast? Yeah. Now
3: one more question. Let's do one more.
0: All right, let me find a good one here. You guys talk for like a second. am find like a really robust one.
3: Chris, what are you up to this week? <laughs> this week, uh, I'll probably take in a little FSU baseball. Um, Caressa and Little Man are going out of town. Why would to you do that to yourself? The sister-in-law. Uh, I'm still going to support them. Good times and bad times. I, I enjoy the people I get to You're see stuck. there. All
0: right, I got um, it. All right. That, that was an awful transition, but you guys didn't have much of a choice. Uh, Peanut Butter Jones, byers Sinone. it was not a coincidence. The FSU football program turned around once Newberg left 24-7.
2: Dude. Yo, you first, Brendan.
0: For Chris Knee, Zach Blossin, I'm Brendan Sinone. This has been On the Bench. We'll talk to you guys next week.
3: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Sinon. (laughs)